Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. You are correct. And so you bring into the point where we were talking about homeowners as one type of customer of Hamzadas, but we also have a lot of professionals. Those professionals can be anything from a property manager, a maintenance contractor, a remodeling contractor, an estate planner or attorney, a financial planner, a real estate planner. Yeah, that's a great question. So any one of these industries can give the gift of Homesada to their customers with their branding inside Homesada. So think of a real estate agent who wants to give a closing gift, a loan officer who wants to give a closing gift, an estate attorney and or planner, financial planner. One of the things that they sometimes forget about is the actual home. <laughs> it's like, how do you understand the home has an impact on your long-term retirement planning? One, because of that equity we talked about. Two, if you've got payments that you've got to pay into your future and you've got a fixed income. But the other thing that it does too is you need to understand how much your home is going to cost you as part of your financial plan. You still have to take care of it. You still have to buy um, air filters. You still may need at this point to hire somebody to clean your gutters because getting on a ladder into your elderly age is a dangerous situation. And does the so, platform have all those as like prompts? We do. We actually let you know what you need to maintain your house okay. and we give you suggested schedules. However, you can modify those schedules to how you see fit. And then it's up to you to define who is actually going to perform those tasks. Maybe you're young enough and you're going to perform the task cleaning your gutters yourself. But as you mature, you're like, no, I really need to hire a contractor to do that. A good example is at my house, um, I have a lot of windows at my house and it gets very dusty here. So I always hire somebody to come in and clean my windows. But I also have a roof line with a lot of pitches, deep, deep, deep pitches. And I'm like, okay, I've got a fear of heights, so I'm not (laughs) going to do it. And they love it though. They, the window cleaning team comes every year. We have a great relationship. And then they tell me, by the way, we're getting involved in some of these other aspects of home maintenance. I go, great. Let's look at the list. I could use this, 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 this. And so now I've got one service provider who's doing a lot of different tasks. I'm like, where, where was your app? Like seven years ago when I moved into my first house and I was just like, I don't even understand what's going on here. Like, I don't know. And like the first time the air filter needed changing, I'm like, why is the air conditioner so noisy? Like, I don't understand what's, ha- why is this? Cause I never had central air before, which I, I yeah. love, I have no complaints, but I just didn't even know how it worked. Yep. <laughs> and this is exactly the case. You are not uncommon uh, moving. Cause we both lived on the East coast and we both yeah. moved to the West coast. There's different housing materials. There's different um, weather patterns. Totally. Don't realize grass in my backyard here. (laughs) You have, you don't realize the challenges you face and you're like, okay, now what am I supposed to do? 
and so, so, and there's no snow. Like no, I was, no I snow. grew up in New York. Like yep. you know, you also East Coaster, and I you know moved to LA. I'm like, there's well, there's no snow, but my car is filthy every five minutes. What is it covered in? What yep. what is on it? And sometimes pollen. it's ash, and sometimes it's ash. pollen. <laughs> I cannot for the life. Oh, exactly. And that's not even the house. That's the car in the driveway. And I'm just like, I don't understand. So I'm like, okay, you know what? You just need to be washed like every other week. That's it. Like we're just gonna put you on a regular schedule of washing. Exactly. Like a child. And the like, same goes for a bath our homes. Every two weeks. Exactly. The same goes for our homes. It's like, what do we need to do to care for them so that we can maintain the value of them? And then also, so they can actually operate properly. They can operate efficiently. They can be safe and they can be healthy. And, you know, we deal with something like this, um, unfortunately, and I, this is always the ones I hate to see is carbon monoxide is a silent killer. So knowing that you need to change the batteries in your carbon monoxide detectors is really important. And so Hamzada can give you that reminder so that your family doesn't perish in right, some that's, that's a situation. A thing. So mm-hmm. I feel like I got very lost in like understanding the app, but I want to take it back to kind of the business, the business. creation and marketing. Cause I just, I just like understanding sure. the technologies and what they sure. do. Um, so, okay. You sat down, you brainstormed the app, mm-hmm. you hired coders to so build one it? of my co-founders was the primary developer. So that's the oh, first thing. Can yeah. I just say, you validated my concept so much right now. Like I, I tell people all the time when they come to me, I say most successful tech companies that I know have a co-founder that is the programmer. That is how, because yes. otherwise it's so expensive to start. Yes. So if you are not, and, and you, are, you are part of like that group of people for me now, because that is what I've seen across the board. So many of these tech startups that start from nothing that don't have investors or angel investors or whatever, that's how they start. One of the partners is the coder. Yes. And okay, then the cool. other, you need at least one coder in your At company. least one marketer slash sales. Exactly. Business like person. And business so that's what some, so that's where there's a disconnect. Oftentimes yeah. there's a lot of business people mm-hmm. who don't have coding experience or development right. experience. And yeah. there's a lot of developers that don't, don't have, have business, business experience. experience. And then you can't just take those two people because you need the middle person who's yes. either the visionary and or the operations manager who puts those people Correct. together. Because someone's got to figure out what this thing does and where it's going and what it is. And someone's communicate for each other. Yes. Translate. Someone's got to go out there and sell it. And someone's got to make the thing we sell. And that, that is like yes. your perfect trilogy, your perfect mm-hmm. like three pillar thing. So you had an ideal founding team also. We did. And we were, we knew what we needed. Yeah. One, because part of our team had done this before at the previous company, Meridian. Got it. But the other thing that we also understood is because we know each other so well, because we worked together for so long, we also knew where our weaknesses are and our strengths. And we were honest about it. So I would highly recommend anyone who's starting a business to really be honest about that. I want to go on a slightly different angle. Instead of mm-hmm. understanding how you went and marketed and built it, I want to go on the partnership angle because I also know so many stories of people mm-hmm. who attempted partnerships and they just go so, so badly. Um, and it yeah. sounds like yours did not, right? It went well and it's working very well. What were some of the things that you did or put in place? So you said you knew each other's strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. What did you put in place that made this work for you? What, what do you feel like were yeah. the hallmarks? of what made it a successful partnership. Yeah, so I think first of all, from the 
partnerships have two components. So the first partnership we're talking about is the actual structure of the team. Then there's obviously partnerships when you bring them in to the business and there's a variety of those, which we'll get to in a minute. But when it comes to the partnership of the team, we were clear in setting our expectations right up front. Okay. How many shares are actually being dispersed? Um, who's got what role within the company? Right. What are our swim lanes? Where are our strengths and weaknesses? Because if we can't do all of the work, then we may need to hire subcontractors mm -hmm. to assist us. That can be part of development because even though you know how to code, doesn't mean you know all facets of coding. Right. There's a lot to do with coding. Same thing with marketing. Same thing with uh, sales and business development. Same thing with understanding contracts. So if you are unfamiliar with contracts, this is a great example, then you may need to bring in an attorney. Now, here's the positive for anyone considering starting a company. There are a lot of attorneys out there that offer deferred payments to startups, which is extremely helpful. They're willing to give you their services in exchange for a small portion of your business and deferred payments. They may even give you discounts because they're willing to work with startups. Not all attorneys are willing to do that, but That's some a, are. I did not... I'm saying mm -hmm. it makes so much sense, right? It yep. works with pretty much every other industry, right? In marketing, yep. I get pitched all the time. Like, SD, do you want to help us market our startup? And you can have a piece. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, you're you're going to need someone who might be a little more beginner <laughs> to follow. But that's another home, thing. But... That's exactly correct. You can do the same with marketing professionals. You can do the same with anybody. Is dev. You have to find the of... right player. And for that's Laura, correct. that makes so much sense because it's really their expertise. It's not... Um, especially if they're a super expert in that area, it's not a huge amount of time and energy. And they almost play like angel investors, right? Like if one out of 20 really takes off, it was worth doing all 20 like that and taking a That's small state. That's correct. So it's and like their version of Russian, not Russian relay, but like it's gambling. There's a gamble. Yeah, it's gambling. Yeah, it's you gambling. may never get paid by some of them. You may get paid mm -hmm. tons by other ones and it doesn't take a lot out of you. So why not? Exactly. And Love one it. of the things to keep in mind when it comes to attorneys, your contracts can make or break your organization. So it's very important to make sure you have the correct contracts in place. And an we're just, so for example, if you have a contract in place where everybody's coming into the business, and this is one of the standards in um, software tech, and I highly recommend it for everybody, giving people shares of a business without earning it is a very foolish thing to do. Yeah. So generally in software, there's a four-year vesting period. So that vesting period needs to be contracted between all the co-founders. If you give away, and here's a great example, if you give away shares to, let's say, a development co-founder or even a marketing or business development co-founder, mm -hmm. and they decide they're not happy with where the company's going and they want to leave, let's say in the first year, well, then all of a sudden you've given them, let's just say 20% of the business, okay? Right. You don't have another 20% to give to another co-founder that you may have to bring in. And so, so if, if the contract's not done properly, you could have someone who leaves after a year who owns 20% yeah. of the ongoing entity. Yeah. For, and they haven't done the commitment it's that they perpetuity. said they were going to do. Yeah. That's a terrible mm -hmm. idea. Who writes it's contracts terrible. like that? I don't ever do that for my people. But most people do handshake contracts. Well, yeah, those, give but you those don't stand. 20%. Those don't stand well, anyways. 
They don't, but they're a pain in the neck when you have to go to a court. Yes, this is they're true. a pain in the neck. They're not worth so, it. So number one, have contracts. Yes. Um, and number two, think through your contracts, not That's just correct. short term, but long term. And three, be honest with each other. Right. If if you're not being honest with the whole situation, then there's going to be animosity between founders. Well, I think the direction should go this way. I think the direction should go this way. No, I think it should go this way. It's really important to set that stage up front. And a lot of people go, but I just want to build this. I just want to build this. And I'm like, I get that. That's, but that's not but how it's it works. important to take a breath yeah. and say, okay, how can we actually make this work with still staying excited but at the same time, putting in all the parameters to move forward. And then that same thing is applied not only to your founding partners and the employees and the contractors that you bring in to help you build the company, but also to any other partners that you may bring in. So you may bring in a third-party data partner. You need to make sure you understand how fees are going to get exchanged and what that looks like. The other thing happens if you've got any other type of partners. So if someone wants to be a distribution partner for you, then understanding what that compensation is among everybody and how that look and feel happens of that contract. And some of your distribution partners may actually be large organizations like Homesada has on the insurance, mortgage, and real estate side, which are also highly regulated industries. So they so can there's take commissions. Well, in some cases they can't, in some cases they can. So how can they be a partner if they can't take a commission? And just, I'm going to translate for uh the audience, right? Some industries are highly regulated, like we said, Um, insurance, legal are some examples. They can't, you know, in in the small business space, right? I'm very big into like referral commissions and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you know, you pass them on a client, they'll give you a certain percentage. And that's very standard, Um, especially in like the marketing field and stuff like that. But in legal, they're not allowed to do that. That's correct illegal for them to do that. So then how do you compensate a distribution partner like that? There's other ways you can do that. So there's branding inside your system. If you happen to offer that, there is reduced rates for their customers. If you happen to do that. How do they benefit from that? Just because it gives them customer loyalty or do they get reduced rate? They just get loyalty. They get the rate, Mm -hmm. which one? They get customer loyalty. Okay. So it's just, they're not getting a financial incentive because that's illegal, but you can offer them other forms of incentives. So that's a very broad statement. Yeah. So not all industries, it's illegal to get compensated. Correct. So some you can, it's just a matter of what are your options in order to work with them? Regulations are also very important for the young startup. There are security regulations that these companies have. So you have to go through a security protocol that they review your platform or your products to make sure they meet the company's security standards. And there may be things in your product where you think you've done a great job of having security, but then you've got to do some other things in order to meet their guidelines. A good example is, um, I'm trying to even think because we actually had high levels of security. Um, Oh, so we had uh, data encryption at rest. We did not initially have it at transit because it's a big endeavor. Well, then one of my partners said- What does that mean? Data encryption at rest when it's not running? Yes. When it's not running, your data is getting encrypted. Okay. Okay. So it's being encrypted. But when it's being processed- between servers, 
yeah. it wasn't getting encrypted. But that would just be an additional layer of encryption. Why is that important? Because that's another layer of security. That is. And that right. was the requirement of one of our partners. And we said, all right, we were going to get to that. So now we got to speed up that process to get there sooner. And now that we've sufficiently scared content, all our customers. listeners into never, ever starting no. a tech company ever. Um. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't, don't ever do that. Start the tech company and then just recognize that if you choose to work with large organizations that are highly regulated, you need to be prepared for a lot of their regulation. Now, I will say this, mm -hmm. even those large companies are recognizing that they are more difficult to work with because of all of this. Right. So they're finding ways within their organization to build innovation labs that actually help them move through that process faster so that you can do a pilot with that company rather than doing a full-blown contract with them. Yes. You can do the pilot first, then so, say, okay, so instead is of the takeaway, I get it. Instead of the takeaway being, wow, this is overwhelming and there's so many things. It's like, no, there are shortcuts. There are ways yes. around it. There's a lot here, but you start, you take one step at a time. You can make it happen. Yes. And so, let's face it. Yeah. When you start a business, it's not for the faint of heart. No, it's hard. No, it is it's not always hard. It is not for the, I always say running <laughs> your own business. It is not the most financially stable you'll ever be, but it is the most financially secure because you can create money. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and while rewarding. it is not the easiest journey, you choose your hard. I, I always laugh right. though, when people are like, you know, I want to start my own business. I'm tired of being bossed around. I'm like, <laughs> just wait till you have clients and customers and partners. Exactly. <laughs> You're always going to be bossed around myself, but it's a different level of independence because then you choose who to work with. You know what? I don't like this guy. I'm not going to work with them. You're not, no one can saddle you with a coworker or give you a new manager. Mm -hmm. you know, That's you correct. Who you work with, but you're still going to be bossed around. You just choose your bosses. Yeah. And you, you can choose your culture. You can choose that everything and that's like. the fun part. So yes. can I ask, what's a, a current challenge where you guys are at now? Um, the current challenge is getting Homezada out into the marketplace. In other words, having people know we exist. So consumer marketing is extremely expensive. I mean, over the top, extremely expensive. And um, because of that, we raised a small amount of money as our seed round now we need to go back out and raise the next round of funding so that we can continue to grow our consumer base. Now, one of the things that we did to adjust for that, because that is a real challenge, is we started forming additional partnerships with larger organizations who already have a customer base. And by using Humzada, those partners can retain those customers, which also lowers their acquisition costs because retaining your customers is cheaper than going to and find getting new, new leads. Yes, exactly. Two, they get to stay engaged with their customers and provide valuable solutions that they wouldn't have otherwise had for those customers, those customers. Right. The other thing that you see in a lot of these industries is there's a very transaction based activity to what they do. They sell a home, they provide a mortgage, they sell insurance, but then they either go away altogether or they send you bills, but they're not sending you something useful to help you manage this very large asset that you just purchased. And yeah. you're so you're, you're almost like a swag company. Like, this correct. is like a I free know. gift <laughs> that I comes know. with your purchase. Exactly. And so, and there's more to it. 
but it's not online. No, but I, I love, it, but yeah. I love that idea. And again, my thing is organic marketing strategy, yes. um, consumer-based or B2B. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is, it's, it makes it a different target market, right? Like you were saying, your target is the homeowners, but sometimes you reach the homeowners through mm-hmm. others who pays is it a freemium model? Do people pay to use the app? Like what's kind of the pricing model of it? Great question. And then you hit the nail on the head. So there's a three-tier model for our, con- our consumers. Yeah. There's part of the product is free. Then there's uh, our premium version, which is $59 a year. And then there's our um, deluxe version, which helps you manage multiple homes, which is $99 a year. And then if you are a partner, there are some variations that happen, but if you are a self-service partner and you want to sign up at Homes Out of Professional, it's a transaction fee okay. because you're buying a one-time gift and you're sending that to your customer. If you are a strategic partner, it's slightly different because they may have integrations. They may have some other things that we're, we're talking about. And so we actually work out a contract, formalized contract with them, which also, because of our background in working with a lot of large organizations, Mm -hmm. we understand how to manage these contracts as well. So our attorney helped us Mm -hmm. manage and set up these contracts, but now we understand the way we created them, where our wiggle room is and where our, our um, partner's wiggle room is. Understood. Mm -hmm. I get it. I actually really like that idea for you, by the way, like from a marketing perspective to go full on consumer is hard and to get the value proposition to any level of homeowner while it's a tool for homeowners the value proposition for homeowners isn't so strong and I don't mean that in any way but like your average homeowner is going to be like you will find some that want it and I don't mean Mm -hmm. this in any way but most people are going to be like okay I managed before I can manage now most of them are not staying up and I'm going I wish I had a tool to manage all the stuff in my house that's oh, correct. there's one. And so you have to first create the problem to solve it for That's that. Correct. But the businesses do the business owners and the marketing managers in those businesses and the retention and the business development um, departments do stay awake at night going, how am I retaining my customers? How am I adding more value to my customers? Yeah. This is their problem. And you come and you say, listen, I got a great tool. It's super inexpensive and it allows you constant and consistent direct communication to your partners um, with our brand, with your branding. And you don't have to open a tech department. And it's like, the angels just sang for us. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And an interesting angle for you, actually, what I was talking about earlier with all these Airbnb managers, Mm -hmm. um, because this is my world, right? In the online course space and the micro businesses, targeting the micro business owners, but even better from the upper level of those who teach, I have some contacts for you, actually, those who teach people to get Airbnbs and manage them or do these things, those people who teach these real estate and flipping houses courses, those are your people. Mm -hmm. And then you hit 500 in one partnership and everybody just won. Yeah. And we, we are starting to do some of that, mostly on the property investment side but yeah this is no, like but this is but this is marketing this mm-hmm. yeah. is marketing this i mean this is my soapbox right like because so many people miss this this is marketing everyone everyone sits kind of like what you're saying in the beginning is like you know consumers so expensive i have to figure out this and figure yeah. out that and it's like you've already figured out the back hack i don't know if you realize that you didn't figure out a back hack you figured out the marketing pathway yeah to grow your company. Like that is it. You might never need to do the other stuff at all. That's correct. 
So you're set. I love it. This has been so much fun. Tell everyone where they can learn more about you, Homezada, you know, buy it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So they can sign up or learn more about Homezada at homezada.com. That's H-O-M-E-Z-A-D-A.com. If they want to connect with me, they can connect with me. I'm active on LinkedIn. Um, I'm at an E Dodson on LinkedIn. And then you can find me in a variety of other platforms as well. Awesome. Well, this has been so much fun. Okay. So surprise, I don't warn you about this, but I like to ask my guests for a quote. Okay. It does not have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can be, but I love quotes and I love how it just kind of wraps things up to send everyone on their way. Okay. So I have a favorite quote and I live by it all the time. And it is by Neil Donald Walsh. And it is life begins outside your comfort zone. So jump out your comfort zone. I like that. I like that. Neil Donald Walsh. I'm wondering it down. Yes. I write down all the I remember. Quotes. I have like these massive quote walls. Running a business is nonstop getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yes. And then the second you're comfortable, you better believe something's going to come from left field and knock exactly. you off. And that's just the way it is. And you're just surprised. You're like, next. Okay. Constantly amazed, never surprised. Exactly. <laughs> uh, this has been so great. Guys. I feel like there's two different reasons you want to share today's episode. One is just because we broke down what it looks like to start a tech company, um, but all the information about partnerships and home management and maintenance and uh, what it means, the contracts and connecting with big organizations, a lot of like little intricacies in more of this startup space where I don't usually play. I usually play in like the micro business, like bootstrap, you know, I don't have any money. How do I go earn money space? Um, and this is the like, okay, we have some money. We have founders, we have investment, and let's go make something big. Let's make a tool. Let's, let's take over marketplace. Let's change something, change how things are done. That's a good enough reason to share it. Anyone, you know, who's ever thought about launching a tech company, getting an app, this will give them some insights and obviously subscribe because more fun things coming next week. Elizabeth, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Esty. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with Esty Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?